0: Listening to the Great Groups podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So enjoy the commute. And thanks for listening to The Great Groups Podcast.
1: Well, here we are again, Chris. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. So I'm excited today. Alabama is in the NCAA attorney. Of course, by the time this uh, podcast goes live, they may not be in the NCAA <laughs> tourney,
2: So Oh, man. So, so I should go ahead and publish this tomorrow, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, maybe. Hey, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we... Uh, Let's see. Tomorrow is the day, the first first yep. game. So, anyway, so um, anyway, I'm, I'm just, excited about that. But you're an Auburn fan, right, Chris? I am. Poor eagle. <laughs> Poor eagle. Okay. <laughs> we we like to do a balanced podcast here, and um, you know, in case um, some people think believers really shouldn't be involved in uh, enjoying sports and watching sports,
2: I, I have. I've heard this before. You know, you so have heard I, this before. Elaborate, though. Okay, <laughs> I will. I want to say this. I didn't think they were serious, but so let's. Okay, yeah. all right.
1: Missionaries all have a people group that they are trying to reach, and mm-hmm. how do they do this? They learn the language of the people group and they learn the culture and interests so that they can find connection points with the people they're trying to reach. Well, I'm a missionary, and my people group is Southern. English-speaking North Americans. <laughs> and the language is Roll Tide and War Eagle, or I y'all.
2: It. I love it. <laughs> so, anyway,
1: so therefore, I can justify my interest in sports because I can uh, use that as a conversation starter. And by the way, you know, I, I saw a guy this morning at men's breakfast wearing an, an SEC thing, and so it, I asked him about that. Had a wonderful discussion. I found out a little bit about Nate, Nate Oates' dad. He's an Alabama coach, but uh, his dad is a professor at a Baptist college. Yeah, yeah. And so, hey, you know,
2: it was a blessing this morning to start a conversation about. See, there Alabama. you go. Yep, that's, that's that's awesome. That's uh, I'm not quite sure how to transition from this, <laughs> but you yes, know. we did do have a point usually to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this is not what the podcast is all about today, but no, but I I agree with you. I think. Uh, well, just as Jesus put himself with people that were in need, um, whatever their circumstances were, um, we absolutely must do that. So, if, if it's sports, yes. I was just thinking about something
1: you mentioned. Jesus, we just talked about transitions, and how many wonderful times we see in Scripture, Jesus started out talking about something common among the people, but he always had a great transition. We don't. We so. <laughs> yeah, we don't. So, but yeah. anyway, the Here title is uh, you know we're talking about. Not assuming people are believers just because they're at church or just because they show up in your small group, and so mm. uh, we just want to be careful with that. One thing that happened about six months ago, one of our leaders called or texted or emailed me. I don't remember how the conversation started, but his group had been sharing their spiritual stories just as a way to get to know one another and hear how God was at work in one another's lives. And I think that's a great idea. I encourage you guys to do it. Mm-hmm. But the interesting part and in why he was calling is one of the men had said, um, I don't know if I have a spiritual story. Mm. <laughs> and so needless to say, that sparked some very good conversation. And um, so, I mean, as a sidebar, I would say, hey, if you're going to do this in your group, uh, do like he did and, adv- and enlist people in advance, and, you know, mm-hmm. make sure they've got something real to share. But um, things like that just help us keep the gospel in front of our people,
2: And give good opportunities for conversation in some way. Yeah, I'm really uh, I'm encouraged by that man's humility and being Mm -hmm. able to say he doesn't have one. That's 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 awesome. Yeah, yeah, and let's be
1: aware of that too. You know, um, if you look at the statistics, that's a hard word. Um, (laughs) Many people come to Christ, you know, younger in age, and I think because we come set in our ways. As we as we get older, I, you know, I think that's why student ministry, children's ministry, is very very important. But um, we need to, you know, give older people opportunities, and we certainly don't want to do it in a way that's going to embarrass them or anything. But it's a different kind of a uh, thing with with older folks. I I don't mean older; I just mean mature adults.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm curious. The leader called you. Was there? A, what was the actual question? Was it a concern about? Where to go from there with that? Person? Um
1: Yeah, it it was a little bit and Do we need um, to edit the next five minutes out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. It was just yeah, it was just uh how to take some of the next steps in in sharing. And um, sure. you know, I it just it was a reminder for me. I really want all of our small group leaders to be able to walk somebody through the gospel mm-hmm. easily and uh to be comfortable doing that. And not only that, to have a lifestyle of doing it. I think it's so important for our leaders to be modeling what we want our people to do. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's it's easy for us as leaders to forget that. But here's the bottom line. If we're not doing it as leaders, the people following us are not going to be doing it. That's right. And so if we want a church full of people um, who are willing and able and actively engaged in sharing Christ, then... Our senior pastor needs to do it. Our staff needs to do it. Mm-hmm. Our small group leaders need to do it. And in essence, by the end, we create a culture where, you know, hey, this is one of the things we do is we are we engage with people spiritually who are lost or who we don't know about. So, so that,
2: lead by example. Yeah, lead by example. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'd love to share one other story. Um, this comes from another church I served when um, Liz and I actually stepped into a young singles group that had um, um had kind of almost died, and um, not that we were great and, and built it up, but we were trying to do some things realizing we have a lot of singles visiting the church. We just got to connect with them, and so we decided, hey, let's just take them out to lunch on a Sunday. It was a Sunday morning group. If they visit on Sunday morning, let's take them to lunch, get to know them, and one of the first people we did that with was a real connector, and um, man, she just Got excited about the group and helped it us help helped us connect with a lot of other singles in that group. Grew and then we multiplied it into a twenties group and a thirties group, and so Mm -hmm. that was great. But um, during that time, our church was doing one of the popular evangelism programs that involve you know the whole church meeting together or those that are willing meeting together on a Tuesday night and going out and visiting people who visited the church or people in our groups who hadn't been in a while. And um, you know, as part of that, we would. learn to share the gospel whenever needed. And so the interest in that program over time had waned. And um, I remember just thinking, wow, okay, now that that's gone, how do I practice evangelism and how do I encourage our groups to? And I had a V8 moment, really. And I just thought, (laughs) you know, I need to uh, just do that individually with everybody that visits my group. It doesn't have to be a part of a Tuesday night program. And the V8 moment was... I really should have been doing that all along. And so what I would do if somebody visited uh, the group that Liz and I were leading, we would schedule a time. You know, if it was a guy, it was easy for me to just do a lunch with him, But it was, if it was a female, you know, Liz and I would, would go. And I remember there was a, a, a lady that visited our group, and it took us a while to schedule it. But uh, finally, you know, we wound up at our house one night. We, we couldn't do a lunch. And um, so after – Listening to her while in her in her uh, dialoguing with with her, finding out her uh, not her spiritual background yet, just you know where she worked, where she's from, all those type things. Um, I didn't have a slick line to get into the gospel or anything. It was it was just, hey, um, what we like to do whenever somebody visits our group, we just like to hear their spiritual story. And so, I'd be curious, you know, what, what's your spiritual background? And as I looked over at her, I saw tears running down her cheeks. Mm and i'll be honest with you, i panicked i thought <laughs> oh no well, what have i done what what's behind all of that and i was i didn't know you mm-hmm. know if, what kind of sore spot i'd touched on or whatever but um you know after she was composed a little bit she said you know to be honest i feel cheated in life mm-hmm. um, it seems like everybody i talk to has some type of spiritual background but my parents didn't take us to church and church is just not been a part of my life and um and I want that now, but I don't know how to step in, how to start, or what it all means. And by then, inside I'm going, Oh good, I can deal with this. You know, <laughs> she's not offended. She's not upset. She just needs to know a, a track into church. And I'm going, well better yet, I can show you how to how to find that relationship with God. And so yeah. ultimately this this lady accepted Christ as, as her Lord and followed Christ mm-hmm. and placed her faith in Him, and you know, and and um, it would have been so easy for me as a leader. You know, had it happened a year or two earlier, I probably would just assumed would have assumed, oh, she's a believer because she's here in our group. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's one reason I really want to encourage our our small group leaders: don't assume mm-hmm. everybody that shows up in your group knows Christ and is following Christ. And so, I was wondering what ways. You know how can we how can we keep the gospel in front of our group? And um, just thinking about that, one of the things that we do we encourage our groups to, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, to equip people to share the gospel. And um, so we as leaders need to be engaged in that. One of the things uh, many of our ministries here too, I, I confess, our small groups ministry was one of the last to to jump on. I'll tell you there Chris there are lots of great gospel presentations mm-hmm. and it it doesn't really matter which one you use you know um mm-hmm. the only bad one is the one that you don't share right but right <laughs> but um I noticed three or four of our ministries here city ministries uh global um there w- there was a a group that was teaching the three circles and so it looked like everybody else had Brook Hills, other than small groups ministry, was was sort of using the three circles <laughs> as a tool, you know, and also the ministry my wife works with, E Three Partners, was using the three circles in their uh, mission trips and evangelism. So, I thought, hey, you know, hey, I I may be the last one on board, but let's go ahead and jump on and use the three circles as our equipping tool. So we we taught that to our leaders at a small group leader gathering, and we encourage our leaders to take one meeting a year, and maybe twice, but at least one meeting a year. And teach the three circles and equip people to do it. One fun experience I had, um, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a leader that was out on a Wednesday night, and uh, I'd I'd shared this challenge when I was um, uh, talking with him as he came into leadership. He said, hey, I'm going to be out. Why don't you come do the three circles with my group that day? And so um, I went in and uh, I asked. There were five couples in the group that night. And only one of the couples had even ever heard of the three circles. Oh my goodness! Gospel presentation, but in an hour and a half group, you know, they did a few prayer requests, and then I taught it. And at the end, I said, "Okay, I would love for one of you guys to stand up and go through it on the board." And one of the guys who had never heard of it before then raised and said, "I'll do it." And I said, "Okay, good." He did an awesome job. And so, the um, one thing I like about the three circles compared to some of the others I've done. Mm Is that you really don't have to memorize any scripture first. Mm-hmm. Um, it you you sort of just learn the gospel in everyday language, and you can kind of tweak parts of it to make it fit you. But you can add scripture later as you learn where scripture would fit. And it's a program. It's a it's a it's a presentation you can grow with. And so that's one reason I really really like that.
2: I love it too because it's it is whiteboard friendly. You know, mm-hmm. because it's literally a drawing. Um, there's some great, if you've ever seen it before, there's some great stickers and and things that are out there that just demonstrate it as being drawn. Um, and so it's you can use it as a conversation piece. I actually have one of the stickers on the back of my phone. Yes, <laughs> um, and I have it there simply, simply because if somebody asked me, "Was that a sticker of?" Then that's a that's a door for mm-hmm. a foot in the door for me. So, yeah,
1: I've seen the stickers. Um I kinda like to draw it out so that they don't see where I'm going. Sure. Yeah. It does kind of give it away. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that's really surprised me, so I try to do a little bit better drawing these days, is I've had people that I've actually shared Christ with, um, whether they came to Christ or not, often will say, May I have that sheet of paper? <laughs> you
2: know? So yeah. I thought,
1: that's cool because Absolutely. they're gonna see the drawing and remember the story. And that's one of the things I I tell people when I'm equipping them to share this all you have to do really is get the drawing in your mind mm-hmm. and just so you covered all the bases with that drawing even if it's out of order you know there are four or five different options right in the order that you do it and so you can kind of just plug and play all those parts once you've got the diagram and so um that's one of the things I like about it I think that makes it easier to learn than some of the some of the presentations that are really involving a lot of memory and things like that. So I want to ask our leaders, this is this is a key question right here. Leaders, can you lead somebody to Christ? Mm. We are to be equipping our people for ministry, and so I'm going to say this strongly, no. uh, know that I love you, but leaders, you better be able to lead somebody to Christ. <laughs> and if not, just recognize that as maybe a, an area that you need to grow in. We all have those areas. Um, don't be embarrassed if you can't right now but but need to, but um, do be embarrassed if you don't take some steps to rectify that. So we need to be practicing that in our lives. We need to be having gospel conversations, and that's something that's, um, that's really, really important. Um, you know, we... Uh, have mentioned some resources already, but we do a gospel conversations workshop um, You know, a couple of times a year at least. I'll tell you, one of the things I'm really learning in that is to listen. Um, we, we teach how to share a 15-second testimony, and then we ask the question, do you have a story like that? And one of the things I'm really learning is, hey, take that time and really listen. Ask follow-up questions. We're not just waiting to pounce on them with a gospel presentation. And sometimes, you know, we need to make sure that that we build that relationship with them. We may not share the gospel the first time, you know, particularly if it's somebody we have an ongoing relationship with. And that's why I encourage people in my groups to start spiritual conversations. It may or may not lead to the gospel. Mm-hmm. But uh, if we start spiritual conversations, then uh, as long as we get a green light, you know, hey— Share more and more, you know, because um, – oh, one other fun story. And Chris, I know I'm talking a lot. But um, there was – oh, was it the same girl? I think it was. Um, when I was at this church, um, the girl I talked about earlier that came to Christ, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, that was had cried when I asked that question. Um, somebody else I found out later had been pouring into her life mm. significantly. And probably was the reason she even showed up at her church. Oh wow. You know, normally they say they say it takes like what, I've heard thirteen or twenty touches in somebody's life before mm-hmm. they come to Christ. Normally I feel like I'm the one giving one of those touches. Mm-hmm. And this time I came along when somebody else had done all the groundwork. <laughs> you come swooping <laughs> and in I, I came swooping in <laughs> and got to uh enjoy the blessing there and so Lord does have a sense of humor yes and so I thought wow finally for once, you know I get to benefit from all of somebody else's
2: groundwork what I love about that story though is um, and we kind of talked about that this morning is just the fact that you can't walk into a situation and you know immediately ask questions share the gospel mm-hmm. ask questions it's all about relationships Yeah, and in your story you took the time to get to know her um and just built up to the point where you could felt comfortable Mm -hmm. asking the question of her spiritual background her spiritual story um which then just furthers the conversation if there's an opportunity for uh, the gospel to be shared at that point great if not just keep going you Mm -hmm. know it may not be the right moment but you're you're enabling that conversation at some point Mm -hmm. and that's that's a wonderful thing it's We can't go uh, in—I think the term that was used this morning was guns blazing. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because you're going to—it's not going to go well. Yeah, it's all about relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Leader, if you want to be
1: equipped, you know, consider the Gospel Conversations Workshop. There are also some YouTube videos. You can uh, search Three Circles Gospel Presentation. Um, I think we've got some links to at least one of those at uh, brookhills.org slash discipleship. and I want to encourage you to ultimately make that a lifestyle of of practicing evangelism. Um, I don't remember if I shared this already on the podcast. I apologize in advance, but <laughs> um, if I have, but whenever I have a spiritual conversation with somebody, whether whether I share the gospel or not, I put that on my prayer list. And to be honest. It wasn't initially for prayer, but I have a part at the end of my prayer list. I use the app we talked about on one of the other podcasts, uh, Prayer Mate. But it's kind of like a slide presentation um, prayer program. But at the end, I recorded the, those every every conversation originally just for my own accountability that I was living a lifestyle where I was often starting spiritual conversations. Hmm. And then this is kind of silly, but later I realized Hey, don't just have it here for accountability. It is on your prayer list. Pray for those people. You know, <laughs> so that was kind of a unique thought. But uh, back in December, I had a chance to um, lead somebody to Christ, and as I looked through that, I went, I had forty-two gospel conversations mm. before leading someone to Christ, and I thought, hey. You know, I want I want people to be encouraged by that. Don't think that everybody you share with is going to come to Christ. And there's a lot of investment. So many of those conversations were, you know, I just got to the, got to the point of asking about their spiritual background, and maybe ran into a wall and realized they weren't ready. But I recorded that on my on my list because I had started the conversation. Okay. And we need to know when to start, which is often, Yeah. And, but we need to know where to stop. Maybe you pick it up later. Um, God uses certain things. But I just want to encourage you to to get to a lifestyle where you're sharing the gospel. And to be honest, it's like riding a bike. You might feel like you're just a preschooler in your ability to share the gospel, you know, <laughs> a beginner, a novice. Well, you get better by... Pedaling that bike and staying balanced. Practicing, and so you yeah. learn from each attempt. And so I just encourage you to develop that lifestyle. It's something that's um, really, really important. Um, if you would love for your small group to do that and maybe you're not equipped yet, like I mentioned earlier, we'd love to come in and do that for you. We can uh, – me or we've got an, uh, a number of people here at the church who can come in and lead your group through that. So.
2: I was going to ask that question back up to the uh, the – ultimatum you better be able to um, if you find yourself in that situation where you, you, you feel like you're lacking um, yeah call on Jay uh, his team his staff there's there's lots of um, folks that can come in mm-hmm. and uh, enable that yeah cool so, and, and willing to ask for help yeah <laughs> and
1: um, I'll, I'll say this we're um, we have some connections in our church with Birmingham gospel outreach who goes out once a month that is a great learning ground for learning how to share the gospel. Uh, mm. they do go door to door and um you know we see fruit from that. Uh, sometimes uh, I believe the you know the the zone A for sharing the gospel is people in our our circles, you know, we need to make sure we're sharing the gospel uh, great commission as somebody well taught this morning, Chris taught at our men's uh-huh, breakfast. Thank and, you. <laughs> and said as you go. And so, you know, we're hitting people in our circles of influence and so that's the as you go, but um sometimes just immersing ourselves in in a mission trip or working with Birmingham Gospel Outreach would give us a number of of times to practice. Uh, I've heard some really cool stories, Chris, from mm-hmm. people who are learning the three circles, and they wind up teaching that to their kids, practicing with their kids, and then their kids go through
2: it and say it back. You know, the kids learn it. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and, and what an embedded base to to practice with, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. So I, something I, I love, too, uh, about what um, we're putting in place here with Three Circles, you mentioned something about uh, being willing to practice in your group. Um, accountability right here. If, you, if you're if you having trouble, if you're struggling in your group with uh, finding ways to make each other accountable uh, for something, I think uh, a great suggestion that uh, Jay had was for someone in your group, be albeit monthly, maybe. Uh, once you've taught the three circles, have someone stand up and actually share the three circles once a month, and make it random. You can call on them, whatever. Um, but have that accountability in place. Mm-hmm. That'll ensure that they're practicing at home. Yeah, I think for most people, they'd probably panic
1: if it was just you <laughs> know calling them right during class. But um, the three circles outline you can share in three minutes. Uh, probably two and a half to five is you mm-hmm. know a range you could do. And that doesn't take a lot of time out of out of group, but it keeps the gospel in front of our people. It's, um, you know, equipping them. And also somebody might be in your group going, I don't know if I've re- ever really trusted Christ with my life. And so, hmm. you know, you just never know what, what good things can come from that. And so um, maybe pick the first meeting of every month and uh, pre-enlist somebody to uh, to share that. That can be uh, something that's really, really helpful. So uh, ways to keep that in front of your group. You know, we were talking about that once a month, do the three circles. Um, Have people share their spiritual story, you know, and list them in advance. Um, Also, um, you know, if you're coaching them, having them do it in advance, you might have them submit a written copy to you if you have time to do that. Mm -hmm. um, That way you can help coach people. We do that, you know, when when we go through a baptism here at Brook Hills. We, um, the elders work through coaching somebody, uh, they submit a written testimony. And I'll tell you this, I think that's a helpful activity for the person themselves. Mm-hmm. Whenever we can take that and put it on paper, it just brings a lot of clarity, and we remember our story, and we can share our story. So that's an encouragement, too, to just you know find these ways to keep the gospel in front of people. Absolutely. So our challenge for today, uh, I love for you guys to challenge people every week in group, and I love for you to follow up with that a week later, but I love to set the example here on the podcast. And so my challenge for you today is find ways to keep the gospel in front of your group. And I know that I was signing off with that, but I've, I thought of one other idea. I'm going <laughs> tag, to tag on to the end right now. Um, one of the things I did in one of the first meetings this year with the uh, group I lead, I said, okay, in 2021, who is there in your circle of influence that you would really love to see come to know Christ this year? Hmm. And so I had people turn those in um, on a card, and I put those in my prayer list. And so every time I go through my prayer list, I'm picking one of those names. And I, I noticed this past um, past Sunday, one of the people was talking about um, one of the you know the person that they had named, and so. Because I'd been praying for them, I happened to remember the name, and I called the name, and I said, "You know, hey, that's that's her, right?" Yeah. And um, they said, "Yeah," and I went, "Cool, okay." And so, man, um, you know, let's—that's um, one thing everybody in our groups can do. Somebody might really break out in a cold sweat to mm-hmm. think about starting a gospel conversation <laughs> or, or finishing a gospel conversation, but everybody can pray. And so I encourage us to, um, you know, that's one of the first steps everybody can do is identify three people in your circle of influence. Um, You might not know if they're lost or not, but if you don't know, go ahead and start praying for them. And so everybody can do that. So that's my challenge. Um, Keep the gospel in front of your group and find lots of ways uh, with varying degrees of difficulty to do that.
0: Well, that's all for this episode of The Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of great groups. To make disciples.